I'm Kevin. And I'm Kevin. I'm also a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool too. Hey, what's going on everybody? What's going on internet? What's up? We are here again. Woo! Getting ready. Um, For another day. Another episode. Another week, and, I'd say. And another non-existent dollar. A possibly another time frame? No? No. No. It's always the same bat channel. Ooh. Yep. Same bat time? Generally speaking. Maybe. For the most part. Um, well, for me, because I always download it at the same time every day. Yeah, it gets... Well, every Wednesday. It gets automatically uploaded every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. So my phone downloads it. Perfect. So what are we talking about this week, guys? Well, before we get into that, let's get let's cover some business. Oh, yeah. some business, some business. Yeah, business, business is good. Yeah. So, if you're looking in the market for a new pair of headphones or earbuds, or you know somebody who is, and you want to get them a sweet present, just saying, guys, <laughs> sweet presents, sweet, sweet, maybe for your birthday, buddy. Yeah. Wait. Oh, that's or not Christmas. that far away. His birthday's closer. Or just for a just cause present, a j- just cause for present that's coming out D- soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be. What? Su- it's a video game. <laughs> Keep going. Did you say ju- just cause? Oh, just cause for. Oh, yeah. I did. I'm sorry. You speak backwards. Yeah, yeah you know, like the third one where he plays that guy that looks like Antonio Banderas but with a goatee. Sure, I did never played it. Excellent anyway, game. Uh, yeah, go to studio.com. S U D I O dot com dot com and find a pair of headphones. They come in over the ear, in the ear, uh, wired and wireless for them, which wireless are pretty cool. Yeah, those Bluetooth um, ones are fantastic looking. Yeah, they look pretty cool. <laughs> That'll get so, cut out. Don't worry. Oh, anyway. Oh, you. No, it'll, it'll go. So anyway, yes, you can uh, go check them out at studio.com and at checkout, put in the promo code of Dark Windows and get 15% off. But, you know, that's not that's not all. Um, that is I know, not all. I know Mr. Broadstone over if here. If you're has, in the market uh, for holding hobbies, yeah, yeah. where can we go? He's not as so much somebody. holding hobbies, but if you're into painting miniatures like I am and how I say it every week, people... You could head over to Game Envy Creations. Their site is GameEnvy.net, and you can see what those beautiful people over there have created and what they sell. And the specific thing that I like to plug every time because it is a fantastic and an amazing investment is known as the Hobby Holder. It is this amazing two-in-one little uh, miniature holding tool that you can literally put your miniature on it. And you can literally paint it in multiple different angles and different ways because the actual base rotates. And if you like what you see, because they come in a sweet variety of colors and they also have amazing other little products, you can put in the promo code Broadstone 
that's your boy over here at checkout and you can get a uh, sweet two dollars off your hobby holder now what happens if they put in big red at checkout you can't do that <laughs> boy it's got to be a broadstone <coughs> i know what you're doing what no 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 I was... you're taking a picture to show that i blend into the cedar wall no well I guess like, what son no. just because that is a wood wall and I'm a broadstone and a redhead doesn't mean that it works. Actually, no. I was taking With a, a picture for a nut for a Facebook page that I'm a on. Sunburn. Yeah. Friends of the show on his forehead. No, it's something on Brohio's uh, Facebook page. He's got a fa- friends of the show. I was talking about him. He has a sunburn on his forehead. How can he? T- oh, uh, no. Sorry, it's darker. Anyway, with that out of the way, business complete. Yeah, and I didn't have to spell it because yeah. if you don't was- know how to spell it, guess what? Look in the show. My name's right there. Show. Maybe notes. I'll spell it later, people. Maybe he will. But yeah. anyway, with that out of the way, yeah. this week we're going to cover some badass mofos. That's that's short for motherfuckers, by the way. Yeah, those people. Just a heads up. Uh, In case nobody knew. We're going to range from what? World War One to yes, Korea? Yeah, oh, buddy. Yeah. I think. We're going to cover a variety of bad A individuals. Yep. Very, very bad. And, uh, in a of, good way, in a good way. Kind of a variety of, uh, not not just wars, but a variety of uh, Person, back, backgrounds for these and people. And personalities, too. Because yeah. yeah. I know my personal one is a completely different personality than both of yours. Yeah, no. my, my guy was a skull-crushing, Nazi-killing, just Canadian murder machine. And mine was a pacifist. And Kevin's guy might mine have been just... the most badass son of a bitch that's ever existed. Probably. <laughs> um, now, did you guys enjoy your research? Oh, God, yes. So mine is a both yes and a no. One because I thought the dichotomy of this gentleman was fantastic. Whoa, hold on, five dollars. <laughs> I'll give you a high five. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Word of the day calendar, folks. Buy one is fantastic. Dichotomy. Ooh. Yeah. Big so, word for you. Don't ask me how to spell it though. <laughs> I only know how to spell my last name because it's written down. Y C O D. Nope. You might as well just stop. Anyway, so <laughs> the uh, the interesting juxtaposition. Whoa! Another big word. That's, that's not a big word. That's a, that's a anyway a thing. It's a saying. So, it's it's, not so anyway, the interesting the part about this gentleman is that, like I said before, he is a pacifist, but also was heavily like documented in World War One and all that stuff. So it was like really cool to read all this, but in the same breath. There's a lot of information about this gentleman, and I was like, this boy deserves a full episode on his own, yeah. so I gave a brief little appetizer of so who he is. why don't you just lead us off since you got World War One? Well, you guys didn't say if you enjoyed it. Well, did oh, you Yeah, it? dude, I had a fucking blast with my research. This my, guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah mine was mine was like, I, I texted Kevin, I'm like, dude, this is going to be fucking hard. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, why? I wanted He's to quit. Like, why? I go, because, well, A, I'm like, well, let me give you a little snidbit, and it's just uh, when we get to him, you'll notice why. The, the way you hard. explained it to me, I'm like, dude, if they made a movie out of this guy's life, like back in the 90s, they would have had to have Bruce Willis play him. He's that badass. Probably. I mean, I mean, Bruce Willis is still pretty badass. But. Yeah, dude. Still one of my heroes. And also, uh, he started off as a comedian. Really? As a I can comedic see that, actor. I can and see then that. transitioned into action with Lethal Weapon. I can, I can. Die Hard? Die Hard. Yep. Whatever, man. Yep. Anyway, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> that was Lethal Weapon. <laughs> that was Danny Glover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 
Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> Come out to the coast. We'll have some laughs. Anyway. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, assholes. Anyway. Now that was Home Alone. So, actually, that could be true. So what I'm going to do is I have something special for this. My guy is a Mr. Alvin York. Arguably one of the greatest, if not the quintessential American hero of World War I. Uh, this guy was born December 13th, 1887, in Pall Mall, Tennessee. Now, wait just, a minute. Did Pall Malls come from Pall Mall? I, believe I so. actually thought that question, too, because it would have been, you know, how many Pall Malls do you know of? <laughs> York was born December 13th, 1887, in a backwoods town of Pall Mall, Tennessee. So he did, as a young man, uh, he did the typical small town backwoods things, which. You know, got drunk, went gambling, got into party, went to parties, fought, pretty much an overall hellraiser. And he was pretty much known as a amount to nothing type with a deadly shot. Because that's a good combination. Yeah, because they're like, well, he's not going to be doing much. He's not amount to anything, but he's a good shot at least. Like his one, like, you know, positive thing about him. Blow the nuts off a moth at 100 yards. Pretty much. But he ain't going to amount to shit. Yeah. So, like (laughs) I said, he thoroughly enjoyed uh, drinking and getting into bar fights. However, his reckless attitude would change uh, when he was 27 years old in 1914 when his best friend was killed in a bar fight. Due to his best friend dying, he decided that he needed to make a change in his life and started attending the Church of Christ in Christian Union. And while he was a part of that, he adopted a pacifistic lifestyle that would pretty much encompass everything. So he gave up, obviously, drinking, dancing, going to the movies, swimming, swearing of any kind, most popular literature, and opposed violence and war of all types. Can I ask you one quick question? Yeah. What does swimming have to do with uh with It was religion? seen as a... Uh, distasteful act because you're seeing someone of the opposite sex in scantily clad clothing aka their bathing suit so they felt that if you're going to be in water you should be in the confines of your own home in the shower in a bath or whatever that you shouldn't see someone else in lower wear than they should be it was the time like yeah you couldn't see this is the early 1900s you couldn't all the women wore like long dresses you couldn't see a bit of an ankle if you did Oh my goodness! You couldn't see any. You didn't see any cleavage. That's you why didn't they had see to, it's any bare shoulders. It's gonna sound stupid. That's why they had to put. That's why they put long tablecloths on tables because even seeing table legs was like we don't talk about that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So yeah, he uh, pretty much opposed everything um, that wasn't like directly connected to the church. Then on April sixth of nineteen seventeen. York's faith and moral code would be ultimately tested when he was drafted to serve in the army. Now, this is what's really kind of funny because he literally tried everything he possibly could to get out of serving. Tried to get uh, himself out by like telling on his draft card, will not fight. Tried to get his mom to tell him that he wasn't going to fight. His pastor... Um, his wife wrote in that he shouldn't go in to fight. Like there were so many different excuses and like, nope, we're sorry. You're serving. Like we need bodies. And at this time he was older than most of the kids he was going to be serving with, but they just needed bodies in the draft. Yeah. World war one. It was, it was literally, we need 
essentially bullet sponges because we're going to go out there and we're going to lose a lot of men. Like, well, the, the not only the that, Somme, they, they lost just, like 60,000 people the first day yeah, they on just, the British side. So it's like they, you lost a lot of people. Yeah, they just needed like some, yep. they just need anybody that would serve and like, we're sorry, this is what's going to happen. So best of luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> he was a part of the 328th Infantry Division, which was directly attached to the 82nd. And he ultimately became a curiosity being a part of the army when he was an excellent marksman, however, had zero stomach for anytime he would see any form of violence or anybody talked about it or any aftermath. Ultimately, he would either get sickened and have to walk away or he was just so dead set in his um, belief system. That he's like, I'm not, I don't want to be any part of this. I don't want to even see it. Which is interesting because a lot of guys back then like really romanticized going to war still. Well, because they, of the honor and, you know. Exactly. They, the, the, the chivalry and all that. And then they get there and they're like, oh, no, this is like a muddy hellhole. This is disgusting. I don't want to be here. Well, because a lot of times media at the time were like, they hyped it up to be something this yeah. that it wasn't. Go kill some Huns. Well, yeah. Go there. Be a war hero. Come back at the accolades because yeah. we're, you know. We're taking out people that don't deserve to be alive because they're against our lifestyle. Even though that wasn't the case or whatever it was, they never knew any of that stuff. Go kill some Huns, what, come what, back what, and what, marry uh, a sweetheart. What, he was in the what division or he, what? Uh, he unit? was a part of the 300, 328th Infantry Division, which was directly attached to the 82nd, okay. known as the All-Americans. Okay. Um, It pretty much took him talking to his uh, company chaplain who gave him the wise words of, yes, I don't believe in war. However, sometimes you need to fight for what's good and just in this world. And it sucks, but we have to put our belief systems aside in order to protect those who we love back home. Yeah. Hearing that, he pretty much is like, all right, fine, I will do this. But I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to do anything unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, on October 8th, 1918, he and 16 other soldiers were tasked to take the Delcaville Railroad in Chantel Chari sector. And this is actually where it gets kind of funny and interesting is that he and his men actually got lost <laughs> due to the fact of the map they were using to go to this point, this rally point, was in front. He and his men, like I said, uh, strangely got lost. And when they finally came to a spot, they were directly behind German enemy lines. That's not a good place. No. While behind the enemy lines, uh, obviously a fight ensued because so, they were like, does. holy crap, <laughs> there are Germans there. And the Germans are like, what? Yeah, they, they, Where did these guys come from? These, these poor, are Americans. These poor guys just stumbled into their fucking kraut, you know, their like sauerkraut and fucking bratwurst tent. And they're just like. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be going now. We were looking for the bathroom. Got turned around. We were just looking for the mess hall. Happy We've been little... lost for two days. It was a happy little accident. Yeah. R.I.P. Bob Ross. <laughs> so, uh, and then... R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. Strangely enough, though, these, uh, these poor lost souls, these 17 guys, okay. got the superior German army to surrender. <laughs> they literally like this this army was obviously had all their supplies had more better weaponry more better is definitely a term yep 
They had the better training. They had superiority of where they were placed. And numbers, obviously. Numbers, exactly. And they got them to surrender. How, how, <laughs> how many How many guys were, was it? Do you know? Uh, da, 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 da. Well, the I, Americans, I think it was 17, was, right? The Americans were se- uh, 17. I think the Germans were like right around 32. You know what this Maybe remind, a little more. This reminds me of? Of Crossroads from... Uh, SOCOM 2. No. Good map, though. From Brandon Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Where, what? One guy, two guys, you know, whatever, <laughs> freaking got like a whole infantry to surrender. Spoiler <laughs> <Yeah>. alert. It's <laughs> like, <So>, surprise. <laughs> so with that being said, they got him to surrender. So they got him to surrender. And then things get a little more exciting. <laughs> um, as they're rounding up all the, the German forces or all the German soldiers, a uh, ma- machine gun team. And we're like, what is going on down there? They were on top of a hill, looked down, and saw a bunch of Americans tying up their comrades. <laughs> so they decided to point their guns towards their own, you know, armies, uh, their own team, and the Americans, and opened fire. Again, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pretty much trying to get them down. Sadly, non-American soldiers lost their lives, and the uh, sergeant of the time... Pretty much told told York to silence them. <laughs> York didn't want to do it, but he's like, all right, fine. Got into position and was successful in taking out nine of the soldiers. I, I think I would. Nine of the gunners. I would call this guy a reluctant, a reluctant badass. Yeah. <laughs> my, my well, that's why I went with him, because like I said, he was a pacifist and no one else could get him. No one else could take the shot. And he's a battle hippie. Yeah. They're like. <laughs> I want, I want to trademark be, that, please. Oh, I want that. I, I want to be a smartass because you said silence him. But yell, I would say, well, he's a pacifist. You used to yell from down the hill. Shut the fuck up. Actually. Hey, hey would y'all mind not shooting at us anymore? That'd be great. So <laughs> thank you. I actually didn't say anything about it, but this is actually kind of funny. When the gunners were pointing down the hill at York and his unit, one of the guys actually looked up and yelled, Saranda! That's what started the machine gunners to firing. I didn't want to bring it up because it's like, that's... Uh... It's like, hey, hey, you over there with the machine gun, I'm going to need you to not. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, surrender. Oh. I, I think that means fire. I think he's telling us to fuck off. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not on our side. We don't have to take orders from you. Fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I walk. Go fuck yourself. I literally chose to overlook that part because I was like, no. no, you I'm knew not- exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. It was going to turn into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like I said, obviously that didn't happen. Sadly, nine men lost their lives. And then York was given the order to silence him. He was successful. So, the total count after... The initial uh, unit, mm-hmm. the the machine gunners, and another unit that arrived, the nine soldiers, surviving soldiers, uh, captured 132 German soldiers. Wow. Zoinks. Yeah. Now, here's where things get a little bit wonky and why he is known as the quintessential American badass of World War One, with a little bit of embellishments. <laughs> Uh, some of the accounts state that he killed over 35 machine gunners Oof. and captured all 132 on his own. He said that it was only 25 lay dead and that he only took out the initial nine gunners. 
Only the ones that he was supposed to. <laughs> that it wasn't just him. John fucking Rambo. <laughs> dude, this dude had a straight up conscience and wanted no war glory at all. Like you know, you, you gotta you gotta respect the guy for that because it's like I don't even want to be here. <laughs> well, yeah, know? he didn't want any part of it, and he was completely humble, saying that he and the rest of his unit, the surviving unit, mm. we all did it together. We all did the work together. None of us. Many like, hands make light work. Yeah, he's like I didn't do every anything really out of the norm than anybody else did. Well, the reason why he was kind of pushed to the forefront of it was because of his backstory, his moral code and his overall just persona of how he carried himself yeah might as well make the pacifist look uh look wonderful because nobody will believe it exactly that is 100 percent truthful is that he was seen as a symbol of humility self-reliant he was a god-fearing man obviously of the time and he was a patriot through and through because mm. he fought for the american way of life and he did what had to be done yep he was awarded the Medal of Honor and also given several other citations of bravery due to this and many other things that he did during World War I. Uh-huh. Um, when the war was over in 1919, he returned home and decided, you know what? I'm going back to Pall Mall and I'm going to start farming. Now, the funny part about that whole thing is, is when he got back home, they're like, we want you to... Why don't you meet the president? We want you to go to Broadway. We want you to be this huge focal figure. Like he just won the Super Bowl. Pretty much. He was going to go to the non-existent Disneyland. Aww. Oh, I won't go. Wait, I don't wait. like people. He could have gone to the swamp where Disneyland is eventually built. He probably would have farmed it. Yeah, it's kind of wet. He just won a quiet life. He didn't Gator care. Gator farmer. But, yeah, so when he got back home, they were trying to be like, you need to do this. You need to do this. We We want you to do this. And he's like, no, I don't want it. Well, we need you to go to New York City. You need you to do this. So basically, he went on a uh, he went on a um, like a almost like a war bond type of thing. They actually wanted him to pretty much promote, uh, like they wanted him to essentially be of the the public figure of World War One. They wanted him to be the main guy of everything. Yeah, of the military and the government, and he's like, nope. He's the guy they would have made movies. They would have made movies about. Yeah, they actually they wanted him to be in movies. They wanted him to be in TV. They wanted him to talk on the radio. And he's like, "This isn't me. This is nothing. What I want. I'm a humble farmer from Pall Mall, Tennessee. I don't want any of this. I don't want any recognition. I did what I had to do. Leave me alone. I want to go back home. I want to be with my wife. I want to be with my family, my friends. I want to live my life way the way it should have been. Yeah, because if I remember right, um, because at the point in time. That point in time, we really didn't have anything. No, we had no focal to fight figures. Overseas, like to, to fight overseas, we didn't. I mean, our ships. We we had some ships, but we didn't really have anything to get over there. Our our forces, eh, they were small. I mean, yeah, we were fo- mostly fighting Indians. It, it was it was essentially you know. our first foreign war. Yeah. It, well, because we, other than that, we were in Cuba. Well, yeah, because of Teddy. Yeah, Teddy the, Roosevelt was down there fucking people up, but. It was but, our I first, mean, like, overseas war. No, yeah. You know. I mean, but, you know. Yeah, it was. it's one of those things that it was kind of interesting to see this because I'm so used to some people being like, all right, I'll do this. And they kind of sell their soul to yeah. for the money and for the prestige the and the fame. He wanted none of it. He actually went back, started farming, literally kind of got himself in financial trouble due to all of this because he 
bought a farm and was losing money, but he didn't care because he just wanted to be happy. And his other main goal, and it turned into his life obsession, which was to bring, obviously, peace, but mainly education into all the small towns and backwood populated areas of Tennessee. And he spent a lot of his time and energy. He was going to go into like the government and I kind of stopped there. Cause it was like, if he, I'm not, I'm not going to do a full episode on him, but it's amazing that due to his hard work and determination, he would help introduce a lot of schools in the mountainous area of Tennessee that never would have had anything. And then that yeah. area from what I've, I've never been to Tennessee, but I have some family down there. Like there's still some areas of Tennessee where it's still really, really rural and like, you know, exactly. And not not built up. Like essentially he's like, I did my time. I did what I had to do. I'm now done doing what I'm doing. Now it's time for me to focus on. So he just wanted to spend his time taking care of people, going to church, being with his wife, living a happy life, whatever it may be. So, and there's a lot more I want to do on this guy, but that will be a later time episode because this guy is very fascinating in seeing how he did what he had to do for the time and wanted nothing else but just to be home and go to church. You you want, you want an example of what would have like the opposite of what happened? Like where you come back and they kind of get into the, you know, going on the tour and getting the fame and stuff like that. Nope. Was uh, Ira Hayes. Uh, he was one of the he was the native one of the Native American guys that was on Iwo Jima. He came back after because he was one of the guys that raised the flag and had all this stuff happen to him, and he still got treated like dog shit because he was an Indian and just you know song written after him. Yeah, Johnny Cash, dude, drunken Ira Hayes. Yep. So who's next? So we're going to World War Two yeah, now, we're aren't we? Move, we're going to move forward a little ways. Ah, uh, yeah. So our next guy that. I got to cover, and it was an honor to cover this guy because he was a crazy, crazy bastard. Is one Leo Major. Greatest name ever. Right? The most... <laughs> Sorry, Lee Major. This guy's better. <laughs> right? Potentially Wait. the most badass Canadian to ever walk. What if, what if Lee Major's got his name from Leo Major? Probably had to because he's like, dude, that's a badass name. I got to take that. Right? But... Anyway... Lee Major was born in New Bedford, Massachusetts, to French-Canadian parents, January 23rd, 1921. Like I said, we're jumping ahead a little ways because he wasn't even born when your guy was fighting. Yeah, actually, when this guy, when Alvin York got out of the military, my grandfather was just barely born. It's Um, amazing to think of those times. Anyway. (laughs) So he and his parents moved back to Canada when he was still a toddler. Um, as he got older, he ended up moving in with his aunt at around the, at around the age of 14 because he had a pretty bad relationship with his dad. Um, in 1940, he joined the Canadian Army to prove to his father that he was, quote, someone to be proud of. Because up until this point in time, his father was, you know, same, you know, essentially the same thing, you know, kind of a useless piece of shit. You're never going to amount to anything. So, screw it. I'll go kill a bunch of Germans, you know. Why not? Find my uh, self-worth <laughs> in the military. Exactly. So he was among the Canadian troops that landed on the beaches at Normandy on June 6th, 1944, D-Day. The Canadians landed on Juneau Beach, which was the Mm. second furthest east of the landing zones for the Allies. Uh, Juneau was between Sword to the east and Gold to the west. Uh, Are those the actual real names or those military names? That was the the sections that the the military had named them. Oh, okay, cool. It's just Normandy Beach. Because I'm like, could you imagine that? I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go swim at the uh, Sword Beach. Nah, I'm going to go over here to Gold. Why Gold? 
I don't know. Why, why I'm going to get a golden tan, baby. Why don't you swim at sword anymore? I lost a toe last time. Um, <laughs> but the Canadians landed between... All those narwhals. <laughs> see yeah, see? I'll mess with you now, <laughs> you dick. Um, so, uh, like I said, uh, where was I? Uh, um, Pittsburgh. So, Sword Beach was to the east of where they landed, and uh, Gold was to the west. Uh, sword and Gold were the areas where... the where Two of the areas where the British landed. Um, but, I mean, we didn't come here for military tactic lessons, obviously. Let's get into some... Yeah, because I started drawing as soon as you started bringing that crap up. <laughs> yeah, what? You bitch. You uh, bitch. But you guys came here to listen to a badass of legendary proportion, correct? Yeah, someone that makes my guy look more pacifistic than he already was. Right? So, Major was assigned to do... Sure. Uh, it's a word. Major was assigned to do some uh, recon... Upon landing on the beach, uh, this couldn't obviously couldn't have been easy considering, you know, when the allies came off the boats, like they're just getting fucking mowed down coming off the boats. Um, but since he was a badass, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. Uh, during his recon, he captured a German Hanamag, which is a fucking half track. Yeah. Captured a half track by himself, by himself, which was full of sweet, juicy intel and army coats. <laughs> was there anyone in there? Was there like a guy who was, wasn't paying attention? He was like, oh, what do I got going on on the Twitter? Well, you kind of, you kind of, uh, you, is that an American? What is he? Oh my God. He's got a gun. Yeah. Uh, he, he did end up killing the entire six man team in the vehicle by himself. <laughs> well, if it's an open half track, I mean, one grenade. No, because that would have damaged the half track to the point that he wouldn't have driven it. He essentially climbed on the tailgate and mowed these guys down and just kicked corpses out of the way and drove it Did off. Did he get up on there and be like, scream, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers? Since he was Canadian, I think it would have been more like he just opened the tailgate and be like, oh, sorry. No, he's born in Massachusetts. But that he makes him American. Canadian. No, it he, makes him American. His, his he parents born... were Canadian. He would have had dual citizenship. Okay. But he, like, was he was raised in Canada. He was born in the U.S., so he's a U.S. citizen. We to own Canadian him. parents. We own him. But they have... Wolverine and Deadpool, we can have Leo Major. Both fake. Leo Major is the closest thing to actual Deadpool that will ever exist. We will get into that. But since, like, since since he was Canadian, I think it would have been more like drop the tailgate, hop on. Oh, sorry, boys. (laughs) Just fucking. (laughs) Just say I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry, the lads. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Fucking mow him down with a with a goddamn Bren. (laughs) Then just you know toss their Nazi asses out. Um. So, four days later, when he was out on a recon patrol, Major stumb- uh, stumbled across an SS squad doing, I'm guessing, the same thing, kind of like patrolling the area. Um, yeah, did, did I tell you guys this? he was a badass yet? No. No. Okay. Was he? Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought Le- it was just because of his name. <laughs> Leo Major smoked an entire squad of highly trained, bad, bad motherfuckers. Like, the SS were the baddest guys that the Germans could put in the field. Uh-huh. And he mowed down all of these guys. Uh-huh. One of them, before he died, <laughs> had enough steam left to get a phosphorus grenade, pull the pin, and throw it. Phosphorus grenades are pretty nasty because it's just... Don't they, like, melt flesh yeah, and they it, literally ignite anything it yeah, touches? Yeah, they, they, they will mess you up big time. Um, it's like a sparkler on steroids. Yeah, kind of. Like a, like if you took C4 and just packed it with sparklers and touched it <laughs> off. <laughs> Um, so unfortunately this took out one of Leo's eyes. Um, didn't, he didn't lose the eye, but he lost all sight in his right eye. Um, doctors told him he was headed home. He disagreed saying, I'm a sniper. I only need one eye to use a scope. (laughs) 
Was he naturally left-eye dominant? Or was he just like, screw it, man. I got another I, eye. I can learn. I think he was just kind of like, meh, I still got one. You don't understand. I'm not a bitch. Yeah, right? <laughs> so he uh, he essentially uh, got himself a uh, an eye patch, went back out there looking like a pirate sniper, and uh, went you know, continued doing it. Um, Holy shit, this guy is uh, Deathstroke. <laughs> Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson was Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm loving this. This is actually fun for me to mess up references and you guys to get them. I'm going to keep doing this for the rest of the time. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, the Majesty's Army uh, does not. Her Majesty's Army <laughs> We does cannot not. allow you to go back out into battle. Well, you know what, buddy? I disagree with you. Her <laughs> Majesty wants me to go out there. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so, I mean, he returned to the field to do what he did best, and that was kick German ass. Uh, he did this during the Battle of Schnelt in the Netherlands. Here's where shit gets crazy. Uh, 19... Oh, this is when it gets crazy. Yeah. It wasn't crazy already? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. 1944, uh, Zealand, Netherlands. During a recon mission, he and his spotter... Ze- what? Say that again? Zealand. Z-E-E-L-A-N-D. Netherlands. Yes. Hmm. Yep. I thought you were talking about your nether regions. Operation no, that's the Grundle. Market Garden. <laughs> huh? Operation Market Garden. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, during a recon mission, he Operation and his spotter... Operation Kick. <laughs> Leave us to the <laughs> historical guy just to tell you that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So Major was quoted as saying, while watching two German patrols walk along the edge of a dike, quote, I am frozen and wet because of you, so you will pay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you <laughs> motherfuckers made me freeze. <laughs> Fuck you. You're going to die. <laughs> I'm slightly uncomfortable. Now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but sorry. I'm yeah, not sorry yeah. about this, but you're going to die. So he captured one of the two Germans in the in the two man patrol that he watched. Um, he tried to use the other one as bait. <laughs> as the second one tried to shoot Major, he paid with his life. He he uh, Major essentially stabbed this other guy to death while he had another man at gunpoint. <laughs> hey, you right there? You don't fucking move, otherwise I'm gonna fucking kill you. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna stab this motherfucker right over here, dead. Yeah. Gave him the old fucking uh, you know. He's just flipping him off, holding his middle finger. You see this? Don't fucking move. Gave him the old Manitoba two-stroke. <laughs> just put him down. <laughs> you see this fucking guy down here? He dead. You? You stare at this middle finger. You move? I'll put this middle finger through your eye socket because I've got one eye missing. I'll make you fucking blind. So he then snuck into the yeah, town. get back on track, bro. I'm trying to if you'd shut the fuck up. Side quest. Um, so he then snuck into town, found and captured the commanding officer and ordered him to surrender. Well, he surrendered and ordered his men to do the same because it seemed like a good idea. You know? Yeah. While, mar- while marching his, I shit you not, 93 prisoners back to camp, an SS detachment in a nearby town saw the uh, saw the group. And remember I said, spoiler alert? Yeah. They started shooting at their own guys, trying to kill this wait, guy. Wait, wait. How did he have? Did he have them tied up or anything like that? I don't know. I like to think that he was like, okay, everybody hold the pocket of the man in front of you. <laughs> yeah. He's just walking back. He's like. Look at these dumb fucks. They have me outnumbered. Guess what? One of them moves. I'm going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Sir, sir, we can't surrender. There's only one man. You don't understand. He's crazy, crazy Canuck. Listen, listen. He has a missing eye, he is and he's still got in here. He is a one-eyed Canadian badass. Well, I think we should listen to him. <laughs> he's, you know, he didn't even carry a knife with him. You know that? He carried a fucking old broken off, like, hockey skate. Just... Shanking Germans with it. You're lying. I know, but it would have been way cooler, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would have actually. He just pulls it up like, what the fuck is that? He goes, 
Mo, hockey skate, don't you know? <laughs> I'll fucking don't, I use these at brass knuckles. Where, where's Punch your you. knife? I don't need a fucking knife. I got skates. <laughs> <laughs> I got the a only, fucking. Only I got can, a fucking hockey stick right here. Only thing. Only way Casey you can Jones do anything is if, if he fucking accidentally slips and cuts some guy's neck, like happens in the NHL, which is gross. Don't mm. ever bring that up again, dude. No, that mm. was nasty. Um, I thought that dude was gonna die. Yeah, mm. dude, you, you get your freaking jugular hit with a hockey skate, and yeah. So um, those SS bastards. Yeah. So uh, after they after the SS turned their guns on on Major and their men, they they did en- end up killing a few of their own guys. Um, Major didn't really give much of a fuck and kept on trucking. How many fucks did he give? Uh, I'm gonna say zero. He, well, think uh, about it. If he got them to kill their own men, that yeah, was easy. A- exactly. Mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I got them to yeah. kill their own dudes. Guess what? See ya. I had a bushel of fucks, but I sold them all at the farmers market. <laughs> Um, so shortly after the SS started firing on his, on him and his, his, uh, captives, he ended up running into a British tank and he was just like, Hey, fuck those guys up. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I thought he ran into it like, Thunk. Oh, you think you're going to fucking flex up on me tank? Huh? Come on tank. You want to wreck me? Punches the tank and tips it over. Walks by bitch. <laughs> no, he, he was essentially just kind of walking down the road and his British tank comes up and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going there, neighbor? Uh, by the way, there's a bunch of guys up there. You might want to shoot them. <laughs> and they're probably looking at him like, is that a one-eyed Canadian? These bloody Canadians are crazy. <laughs> the bloody fuckers. Guys just in there drinking his tea, twisting his mustache, listening to his fucking record player. I like the British. Me too. What are you getting on there, mate? mate? Maybe we should shoot these guys. This Canadian's pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> How come he's not Australian there? Cockney. I don't know. But he is part of the Royal Army, so this is true. fuck him up. Yep. Um, he was awarded the Distinguished Conduct Medal that was uh, to be awarded to him by General Montgomery. The Dis- wait, 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 wait. A Conduct Medal. Yes, the Distinguished Conduct Medal. This guy doesn't seem like he's anything but sharpening his knife and... Like it's it's got kind cleaning of a, his gun like over and over again, ready to just keep going for more. Yeah, I mean it's it's got kind of an innocuous name, but the distinguished conduct There's medal is, word. is actually the second highest um, medal that you can receive in the British Army. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, it would have essentially been like uh, what, like a uh, silver star, bronze star, something like that. Silver star is the second highest. Yeah, so it would have, it would have essentially been like that. Wow, um, that's awesome. It was going to be awarded to him by General Montgomery. Um, Major declined this meeting because he said, quote, General Montgomery is in, is incompetent and in no position to be giving out awards. No. <laughs> this, no. This dude was a private saying this wait, wait, wait. about no. a general. <laughs> no. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Did I mention he had to have a, a shopping cart to carry his balls around in? Because... Dude, that's a heavy set of stones yeah. there. Yeah. What did the, well, what um, did the general wow. do? Did he do anything? Or was like, you want, I like that You want to know what they did? They didn't do nothing about it because they're just like, cool, fine, sure. Yeah, he's... Uh... Well, think about it. If he's got one eye, he's probably got facial burns yeah. from the phosphorus grenade. He took a Hanno mag by himself. Yeah. He... At, at this point in time, he looks like Kurt Russell from Escape from L.A. <laughs> dude, that's a good freak. Right? Fucking like... Snake Plissken, dude. Yeah, and that one had yeah. uh, Bruce Campbell in it. Did it? Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. Then there's... Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. This distinguished cross... Distinguished Service Cross is the... Distinguished Conduct Medal. No, but in the U.S. military, Distinguished Service Medal okay. um, is the second highest. Silver okay. Silver Star is the third. Okay, so okay, so it would have been that one then. Um, Either way, that's fantastic. Still, right. yeah. yeah. That's, that's impressive. Dude, yeah. He's not done yet. <laughs> no. 
Then in 1945, I, I hate the fact that I kind of had to skim across this because... Well, like with my guy, you have to touch on the key points, but you want to go back and like, do more because exactly, like, there's so many layers to uh-huh. the badassery. Like, this is a key point, but it was still... Um, but like I said, I kind of hate that I had to just kind of gloss over this because it was kind of an important thing. Oh, mm-hmm. we'll come back for... I want to go back for all these guys and give them their own just do. Yeah. Um, in 1945, he got blown up in a medical truck. Um, he had helped... I, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. He'd helped uh, a couple of corpsmen and um, a chaplain loading some injured guys into a, a medical truck and decided to go back with them to uh, the, the, like the hospital area. Make sure they were safe. Right. He was he was essentially going as, as a security force. One man um, security force. Dude, he was like the one man Canadian defense force. <laughs> he was the only Canadian he, in World War II. He was the Canadian Army, yeah. Um, but the truck got, got, blow, uh, got blown up. Oh, um, no. Everybody on it died except for him. He ended up being brought back into the hospital uh, with a broken back. His back was broken in three places. Um, Jeez. Again, the doctors are like, hey, it's time for you to go home. You know, you've fucking served queen and country. You know, go home and do whatever. And he's like, nah. Okay. He. Oh. He'd been in the hospital for about a week and was feeling froggy and was like, See ya. Just right. took off. So what I was about to say was, and I don't want to cut you off because I actually had to hear the rest of this to make sure. If he killed a bunch of Germans mm-hmm. who made him, quote, wet and cold, <laughs> he killed a bunch of Germans for throwing a phosphorus grenade in his face. Oh, no. Uh, one, of, one of them. He oh, killed, one of them he survived. Of, no, no. He killed all of them. One of them threw it with like his last breath. Like, okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? I'm like, okay. So let me restart then. Killed a bunch of Germans, took a phosphorus grenade in his face. After he stole a Hanamag. After D-Day. he stole a Hanamag that he took out all by himself. Captured 93 Germans. Mm-hmm. Then more Germans attacked them. And he just walked away, probably like an old 80s action star, yeah. slow motion. Like, well, like an explosion in the yeah. background. <laughs> I'm, okay. gu- I'm guessing he probably made it back with somewhere between 50 and 70 of those guys. Anyway, yeah, so which it, still for one dude is... But still boss. survived that. Then... Decided to do the nice thing and help Corman and Chaplin take care of the sick and wounded. Yep. Bring them back to safety. That truck gets blown up. Then decides, you know what? With a broken back in three different places, he leaves the hospital. Yep. I am not surprised. Yeah. Legitimately not surprised because... I imagine his fire for anger, retribution, and John Wickery... Right? Right. Probably I'll, went I'll in, allow it, by the way. <laughs> his John Wickery like, went overload and was like, all right, that's it. I'm taking out everyone. You know you know who this made me think of? If you say Frank Castle, I'll slap no, you. No, this, going back to the Band of Brothers conversation we had earlier. Yeah. This guy is like, ro- like no, here. no. This guy is like Ronald Spears on like crazy drugs. <laughs> Like if if you if you gave if you gave Lieutenant Spears a bunch of PCP and were like, hey, go kill those Germans, and he's just like ripping dudes' throats out with his fucking teeth, it's essentially this guy. Um, but okay. like again, after after being in the hospital for about a week, he escaped um, and stayed with a, a family that he had befriended about him, uh, you know, beforehand. He stayed with them for a little over a month to recover. Did he really make friends, or were they just terrified of him? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say six of one, half a dozen of the other, because <laughs> it's like, hey, you and I are friends now. Okay, I don't right. speak American. That doesn't matter. I speak Canadian French. 
I don't speak that either. We can pick we, up on we, we fromage. Speak, and... we, we speak Dutch in the Netherlands. We just don't need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Um, so he did end up returning back to his unit. And guess what happened to him uh, disciplinarian-wise? Mm, I'm going to Fuck say, all? Exactly. I was going to be Nothing. like, he probably had somebody who's like, um, hold on a second. Jenkins! <laughs> tell me done wrong. Fuck you, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sir, but uh, yeah. No, what? <laughs> Yeah, they 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 did. I know I got a Jenkins in. How cool did. is that? They did. Uh, they Drink. did put on his record that he was uh, absent without. Uh, you know, they, they called it uh, absent without authorization, which essentially was just. So it's AWA. Don't do it again. <laughs> he went. He went AWA instead yeah. of AWOL. He, let's put it in. Let, let's put it into uh, current work terms. He got a verbal warning. <laughs> they. <laughs> so. One, one quiet night in 1945, Major and his buddy were sent out to do some recon in Nazi-occupied town of Zwolle. Z-W-O-L-L-E. Not sure. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, they were supposed to report back on enemy numbers and maybe establish contact with the Dutch resistance if they could if they could get a hold of them, if they could meet up with them. Um, sadly, not long into the mission, uh, Major Spotter, who was actually a childhood friend of his, was killed by a German machine gunner. Oh, no. Because he didn't spot it very well. No, they they kind of. Wow. Yeah. No. It was it was actually more I of a. I kind of want to laugh, but I kind of want to give you a high five because a spotter got killed for not. Well, to be fair, he was a major spotter. No, and... it was it was actually more of a fluke accident than anything. They got oh. they, where they were. A truck had come by. Never mind. And they caught him with the headlights. Like the driver of the truck didn't see it, but there was enough. Uh, I guess there was just like enough light hit him that did, one of the machine gun crews was like, "Oh shit, there's guys over there." Did did the truck come from Major's right side so he didn't see it coming? <laughs> right in the blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we got it. <laughs> but anyway, his childhood friend was killed in front of him, so that, that's kind of oh, you know. Um, there seems to be a lot of like when a friend dies, all. I'll help. help. Yeah. So this Hell is you, no fairy. If one of you guys Hell died, no fairy like a Canadian scorned. Yes, exactly that one too. If um, one of you guys die, I'm gonna be pissed, but I'm gonna get drunk first. So this this set him off on one of the most legendary epic blood rages ever recorded. Oh, this did it. Yeah. Not the loss of his eye. Not the. Oh no! Fuck that. Not the loss of all the innocent and wounded friends. Pish posh. Let that was, me. That was. That was. That was. This was the deciding factor. The quote unquote broke the camel's yeah. back, aka straw. Um, let me Isn't let me weird? get into it here. Isn't that really weird. Um, have you? Did you guys ever watch that movie Hot Fuzz? <laughs> okay, you know at the end where he's just like strapped guns to every square inch of his body. He have you he fi- looks ever like fired your gun in the air once. He, screaming, he essentially ah. did that. He, he he's strapped... pretty much the gent from uh, Boondock Saints. Well, no, because he strapped three automatic rifles to himself, <laughs> no. grabbed a Wait. canvas bag full of hand grenades. You know how you said that Alvin York was like a John Rambo? This bro is a John Rambo. Yeah. So he, he, he had a utility bag of guns. And and a, okay. a, 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 quote, canvas bag of hand grenades. Who the fuck knows? Is it a bushel of hand grenades? Because that's 56 pounds of explosives. How, that's a lot. Which, uh, what were strapped to his back? Did it say? Uh, it didn't say, but I'm guessing because they're Canadian, I'm guessing they were probably uh, Stens, which are the, the little submachine guns where they, the magazine loads yeah. on the side. Were, now, any chance of a Bren? 
No, the the Brens were like the heavy were locked in on the top. Because no, I'm just saying this guy seems like a guy that would have that like attached to his hip. Like, yeah, well, you know, I'll put the little weak things on me. I'll put them on my hip. I'm I'm guessing not since he was a, he was a recon and sniper kind of. So I'm guessing I, that they would have had smaller, more maneuverable weapons. This dude um, is just I'm just giving him more he, cool he, weapons. He definitely had a uh, an Enfield uh, bolt action Ooh. sniper rifle, which it does All right. badass. I'll shut up now. Um, so he charged into this quiet little town with guns and weapons blazing. Uh, Leo ran around like a fucking madman, creating such a clusterfuck of explosions, fires, and dead bodies that the Germans garrisoned were convinced they were being attacked by the entire Canadian uh, force. <laughs> they, that, uh, that were, they were. This yeah. probably guy, I guarantee yeah. you, was doing like John Wick style like parkour. And oh, like, wait. Did, did I mention when he landed at, at Normandy Beach, he actually swam there because he was the only Canadian. They didn't even get him a boat. He's just like, fuck it, I'll swim the channel. <laughs> Probably the whole time swimming. Yeah. I'm going to fucking hang. He, 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 t- he took that uh, that half track and like an old like bathing suit and flippers. <laughs> this gent reminds me of Liver Eating Johnson. That's kind liver of why eating, I picked him. Liver Eating Johnson. Look at this guy go, mm, mm, with a thumbs up. <laughs> they're, they're, dude, they're sharing beers and whatever like twisted bass backwards version of like warrior heaven that and they're in and it's not no, even they, beers they literally have a full keg in one yeah. hand just decorked and just drinking like the, they're a in regular. valhalla no, just him and johnson pounding beer him and johnson didn't have to speak johnson was just like mm. nods mm. like i said they're in valhalla chugging beer exactly <laughs> um so where was i here um pittsford still okay during his rampage of Nazi destruction, this one-eyed juggernaut kicked in the door of an SS officer's club. I'm the motherfucking juggernaut! Yeah. Bitch. He he kicked the door in of this club where all these SS officers... Again, the SS were nobody to, to be fucked with. They were pretty bad guys. Hello, ladies. Um, he kicked the door in, killed four high-ranking enemy commanders in a firefight, and then went and... <laughs> went and ra- uh, Went and ran out and burned down the local uh, the local headquarters of the Gestapo. <laughs> to be fair, I guarantee you when they when he walked in, they were probably doing what we're doing, sitting around talking, yeah, playing cards, like playing cards, drinking beer. You know? Yeah, they, uh, drinking something, and probably didn't even have their guns on them, or if they did, they were behind oh, them. Oh no one of one of them one of them had a gun on him. And he just fucking stared him down after he killed these other guys. He the guy walked over and handed him his gun. He asked him a bunch of questions, slapped him in the face, and handed him his rifle back, <laughs> and fucking walked out. Wait, no, 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 no. He killed three of them. Yep. No, he killed four of them. Killed four of them, but one of them he let live because he questioned him. Dude, I actually would rather take the bullet than have this man slap me. <laughs> They had a stalemate because they Dude, were like Drew and he fucking. No, nah, I doubt that. I doubt that guy had this gun drawn. I bet he was like, "I just watched this motherfucker kill four of my friends." Dude, All he, right, he, here you go. He fucking. <laughs> do, you, do you want one of these? These are collectors' items to you, Americans. Apparently, he slapped the fucking Holy Ghost out of this guy. <laughs> Dude, if I was that guy, I'd be like, you know what? I'm moving to Australia. Okay, so fuck it. So by the time the Jesus. sun rose, by the time the sun rose on Zawale the next morning, the entire German garrison had evacuated the town and was returned to Dutch control. To this day, Leo Major is still remembered as the sole savior of Zawale. He actually has a street, like one of the main streets that runs through town is named after him. Major in this Street? Town. It's uh it's uh it's it's Leo Major Lane, essentially. So is it's, it a but major, it's in Dutch. Is, is it a major road that goes right? No, it's a lane. Um, 
but uh, <laughs> that got past you, dick. <laughs> no, I let it go. Um, the thing, the thing that's uh, yeah. crazy is he actually went on to fight in Korea, but I'm not going to get into that because I wanted to I'm... talk about his crazy World War II stuff. Yeah, like I said, like, uh, insane. Yeah, dude. Ev- awesome, but insane. Every Canadian should aspire to be this man or Wayne Gretzky. One of the two. Those are your options. Become one of the two of them. Or Chris Jericho. Okay, I'll allow that one. Yeah. Kenny Omega. Okay, yeah, let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. Not, not Bret Hart because he's on. kind of an asshole. Come on, you can do it. Keep moving on. Let's go. Landstorm, we'll, kind we'll, we'll, of. Landstorm, we'll absolutely. Um, we'll allow it. Jim Neidhart yeah, he's in a the 80s. Fuck off. Dude, he was just like doing cocaine by the fucking pound and drinking beer but back in the 80s. he's still alive. Somehow. I have no fun. <laughs> yeah. He's pickled himself. <laughs> Anyway, so let's move on to Korea. Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Correa was a hockey player. (laughs) Yes. Also Canadian. There's our connection. Mm. Was he ever a pacifist? No. Was he ever a farmer? (laughs) No. He's a land farmer, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, I can only think of one other connection. No. He killed a bunch of people. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. So um, <clears throat> hold on, let me get my uh, from what I what, let me get my waiters I've, on because I bet it's going to get deep. From what I've heard, the most the most impressive thing about this guy is not the amount of people he killed, but how much he survived. Well, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to refer to this gentleman because uh, is he I have immortal? so much respect for him. Yeah, uh, we should have respect for all these gentlemen because yeah. they served yeah, absolutely. And yes, what definitely. they went through is amazing. Because I don't know if I would have the stones to do it, like we talked about before. The, these guys back then were a completely different breed. Like they weren't even like anything close to what we have today. These guys, like, I'm not saying anything bad about the military nowadays, but these guys back then were fucking nuts. They did what had to be done, and they, zero self preservation over the top. Like they had no, no, like self-preservation at I some point. I just that, motherfucker. I know. Anyway. I want to hear about your guy. So, okay. So, uh, Mr. Tibor Rubin. They call him T-Bone? No. Short? No, his nickname was Ted or Tibby. Tibby's you, awesome. Ted. How do you get Ted out of that? I don't know. Anyway. Um, he was born uh, he June was... 18th, 1929. Live after World War One, but, you know, that, live during World War Two. Uh, but he was Hungarian, and you don't fuck around with Hungarians. I yeah. know one. Yeah. Well, he Which, was he was a, a story. <laughs> well, so back to it. Mister Tibor Rubin, nickname Ted or Tibby, was born June eighteenth, nineteen twenty nine. Uh, he was a Hungarian Jew. Um, don't fuck with him. Yeah. Well, at the. I, we're gonna start off with this. I I gotta say this this first part's kind of sad, but it, it pertains to his badass. Okay, um, there's always a backstory, a very yeah. sad, depressing well, backstory that this, creates this a badass. Is, this was very very sad. Uh, at the age of 13, he along with most of his family were rounded up by Nazis, so like so many other Jews, and sent off to concentration camps. Ugh. Well, uh, he Whoa. and most of his family were sent to uh, Mauthausen. Concentration camp in Whoa. Austria, uh, and uh, the camp was liberated two years later when he was fifteen years old. Uh, the whole two years he had um, that he was in there, he he survived the hellhole because I mean I guess Mauthausen was unlike a lot was like of other really people. really bad. Um, 
I mean, he, when he, he survived, and uh, he swore that he would repay uh, those who liberated his camp. When he, when he was liberated, he told them, he said, listen, I'm going to go to the U.S. I'm going to join the U.S. Army to show my appreciation. I'm going to fight alongside with you. That's fucking awesome. Well, um, it, just just to go back a little bit, uh, you said Mauthausen? Yeah. That was one of the like the worst, like the more... I mean, Probably they, like they the were third. all they were all terrible, but that was that one was like yeah top, one of the yeah top, well, five. top here's, tier like worst of the worst. Yeah. Here's a little bit about Mauthausen. He it was uh, it was a brutal camp. Nearly 125,000 pris, pris, uh, prisoners of various nationalities uh, either worked or were worked or tortured to death while there. Jesus Christ! And I'm sorry, where was that one again? That was in Austria. Austria. Okay. Um, yeah. Mr. Rubin was lucky to survive the camp. He and one of his brothers and uncle survived. Uh, the camps. His father, friends, Ruben, was a had been a soldier um, oh. in World War One. He fought um, in the Hungarian army. Uh, he was a hero. Well, he was able to. Ser- he was a prisoner in the war in Russia for six years. So then he comes back home. So lives, he lives was... free for you know however long. So he was a prisoner of war in Russia for six years mm-hmm. yep. when he was in World War One. Oh, his father. His oh, father. I thought it was I him. Was okay. so I was like, wait a no. minute, how, how the fuck father. did he end up in World War One? No. Yeah, I was like, he uh, wasn't even born then. No, Franz was uh, was a, a soldier in the Hungarian army during World War One. So he comes from a long line by, of survivalists of yeah, he ca- concentration camps. Yeah. He got captured by the Russians and was in prison for six years. And that's, um, that was no fucking cakewalk no. either, because the, the Russian camps were nasty in World War He survived War I. that. Well, yeah, because they didn't have many supplies, even for, them, for and, their and own they military. Didn't give a, they didn't give a fuck about their own people. No. They would have just eaten these guys instead. No. <laughs> but he, 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 well, while he did survive that and then got to have some freedom, uh, he, you know, captured, he didn't survive the concentration camps. Oh, he be moved from Mauthausen to Auschwitz. And then, oh boy! Then to uh, where he would die finally in Buchenwald. Jesus fucking Christ! This guy was like, yeah. Um, this this guy got like the fucking brew tour of awful awful places to be. Yeah. So whoa. So pretty much. Hey, I mean, hey, somehow we missed fucking Dachau, right? Well, Mister Tibor was he, he was the only one in Mathausen left because his other siblings were sent off away, along with his mom and his dad. His mom and one of his sisters, uh, his mom Rose, and one of his sisters, uh, El- Elena. Um, Elena? Uh, it's E-L-O-N-J-A. I don't know how it's... Oh, Alonia? Me, I don't know. Was, oh. Either way, I, they were, I bet you it was a beautiful, wonderful person. Yeah. It, it's a pretty name either way. They were moved <laughs> to uh, Auschwitz, and Ugh. they did not survive because, well, like so many others, they were put in the gas chambers. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, his eldest brother, Mike Lessick. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I know. I saw the face, but I I did the same. I was thing. Like, like that is a cool name. Like why? I, I don't understand why he had a different last name, but it's probably just to protect protect himself to make it like he wasn't a Jew. Oh yeah, that do yeah, the name change because a lot of times um, that was common occurrence when they're going around. I was like, "What's your name?" And you like, "Oh, it's this." Yeah, and they find that one piece of information. Well, he yeah. ended up fighting for the English and the Czechs in World War II. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, um, and then he had another brother, Emery. Uh, he was also he he survived the concentration camp like his uncle did. 
Um, and Emery actually ended up moving to the United States. And then he ended up, I don't know, doing something, which Mr. Rubin eventually joined him in. Um, so Mr. Rubin did make it to the United States in 1948. He did as he said, kept true to his word. I'm going to go there. I'm going to listen to the army. I'm going to fight. Well, perfect timing. 1948. Went, enlisted, failed the English portion of the test. So he just started to work. Worked, 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 worked as a butcher. Then 1950, he took the test again, passed it, and was immediately shipped off to the front lines of Korea. Which is kind of handy because he skipped the uh, the baker and the candlestick maker portion of that exactly children's story too so um he served in the army from uh february 13th 1950 to july 20th of 1950 so he really yeah he like he didn't really serve all too long maybe what were those dates again no that's gonna be wrong 1950 must be 1953 yeah i was gonna say it's like he was in there for like a couple months yeah My no, it was 1953. Him was, surviving like, all this stuff, was he's like, a no, badass. No, I'm but. sorry, 1950, like 1953 or so. So it was 50 to 53. 50, 1950 to 1953, 1954. Okay. They don't really, I mean, somewhere like in that range. Okay. Um. So he served in the 1st Company, 3rd Battalion, 8th Cavalry Regiment, 1st Cavalry Division. Mouthful, I know. Yeah, I was going to say, shit. Uh, during the fight in Korea, he was rep- repeatedly cited for careless disregard for his own safety. <laughs> well, a lot of times that happens because they just want to, you know, well, get in there, prove a point, and get the job done. Sort of, kind of, but no, not really. I don't know. Really. We talked about a Canadian that had zero self-preservation. <laughs> no, this, this was because of, of his sergeant, supposedly, who was a uh, anti-Semite. Ah, Okay. Who was kind of, you know, just didn't want him to... Didn't like him because he was a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want this man here because I don't like his people. Exactly. Yeah. He alone fought thousands of Chinese while his battalion fled. Holy he was shit. Single, <laughs> he was singled out by his command to stay behind and hold his ground. Basically, oh, I wonder was, why. Yeah. So he's basically told, listen, Reuben, you, yeah. you're going to stay right here. You're going to hold... Hold the Tangu Pusan rail road link. You're gonna hold this spot. You're not leaving. Fucking and he's hell. like, "Well, all right." So no, bring uh, bring me a lunch. Yeah, pack me a lunch. <laughs> um, you get nothing until you win. And then uh, on October 30th, 1950, uh, the Chinese forces attacked his unit at Unsan, uh, North Korea, during a massive nighttime assault. That nighttime. That night and throughout the next day, he manned a thirty caliber machine gun at the south end of his unit's line after three previous gunners had been uh, had became casualties. So basically, it was like, ha ha, fuck you, just lit him up. <laughs> he was like, you know, and um, he continued to man machine gun until his ammunition was exhausted. So he determines to stand to stand slow at the pace of the enemy advance in his sector by. Per- permitting the uh, remnants of his unit to retreat southward. So, you know, I'm going to stay here. You, you guys move. go. And, I mean, from what I heard, like, what this the part... Fuck? What's he holding them off with? Grenades, well, small gunfire, whatever. Just like, hey, fuck you. Vlad the Impaler's sword. He's just out there hacking off Chinese guys' arms. Yeah. No, he's got the uh, the Kurgan sword. Yeah! 
fuck yeah. If this guy survived going to all these different concentration camps and then a thousand, you know, enemy combatants. This guy, Sorry. Dude, Con- guess yeah. fucking Hungarian Highlander. Exactly. The yeah. Kurgan. Um, another occasion, he crawled 300 yards to an injured buddy while snipers shot at him in an effort to kill him. God damn. Uh, Timur was given the dangerous assignment by a sergeant who told the troops that if a Jew is wounded, leave him to the... If, a Jew, if a Jew is wounded, leave him to the enemy. What a fucking shitbag. Yeah. That 1950 attack, nobody made it out. I mean, nobody like nobody made it back to the back lines. Um, they all got captured. Or killed, um, I'm guessing. Or killed. Kept for two and a half years. Well, when they first got there, apparently they interrogated him, found out he was Hungarian, and they said, listen... We'll let you go if you go back to Hungary. And he's like, "Hum, I'm going to give you the middle finger. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Hungarian. How'd you get here? I was just going out to the store and I fell into it. <laughs> I crossed the wrong fucking street, ended up in Pusan or wherever the hell I am. Yeah, trying you know. to go meet up with Jenkins at the bar yeah. and look what happened. Yeah. Drown it in. 40K reference. No, that was going to be later. You just ruined it. <laughs> so he basically gave him the middle finger said, listen, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the middle finger. I'm going to walk back to rest my everybody else, and I'm going to stay here. Fuck you guys and your stupid hats. I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> so during the whole captivity, he put his well-being above and beyond the everyone else. And what, do you, what would he do? Sneak the fuck out of the camp at night. Did he, did he like return every night or did you oh just like- he oh yeah he would crawl the fuck out underneath the fence go raid supplies come back <laughs> what a fucking looted <laughs> every night he did holy this holy shit dude for, so you- for two and a half years sneak out sneak back this is some John McClane shit this is like the great escape he's got like I could just picture him he's got a knife between his you know between his teeth crawling underneath <laughs> yeah right well, think about it. If you don't want to get caught, but you want to get you have like you just used to having to survive like in concentration camps yeah. and growing up as a Jewish person during that era, you have to do whatever it takes to survive. And it's one of those things. All right, I don't want to do it tonight, but I gotta because yeah. if I don't, I'm fucked. I mean, so, I mean, and looking at the picture of this guy, it must have been a sizable hole in the fence because he's a big fucking dude. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> you know? just to. I mean, it's it's almost like well here here I go again you know I'm in a camp again you know I'm I mean it's kind of like what his father had to think you know I got so long of peace and then well now I'm back into a camp I'm back behind you know back in fat camp <laughs> heavyweights man yeah so trying to bring a little light to this kind of really. <laughs> He is so. God damn, Mr. Rubin is credited with saving countless lives in the prison camp. Um, he was able to keep roughly thirty-five to forty of his fellow GIs alive. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I, I've yeah, been dude, looking. He, I, he was a he was a scary looking man. Uh-huh. Like he's got like a just a giant head. Like, I'm like seriously looking up random stuff on this guy, and it's like, whoa, this dude is awesome. Yeah, he, the, the kind of guy that could headbutt a fucking horse into a coma kind of deal. No, he's the guy that you know can punch a bull and yeah. knock the bull out. You can't park that animal here. Boom! It, it's Gave it like, to you. It, it's still like you guys. I mean, it was kind of like, man, there's just so much information. Okay, 
well, I got to draw the line here because, you know, like, it's like, okay, I can't talk about everything I want to talk about for him because I could just keep going on. And this on is and the on. amuse-bouche episode exactly. for the future solo sodes. Huh? <laughs> amuse-bouche, which is another name for appetizer. I know. And solo sodas marketing. Boom. <laughs> so, Pacifism. While in the Korean conflict, because it wasn't a war... Uh, it was a police action. Yes. He was wounded Jesus. twice and received a purple heart for each of them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, after coming back from Korea, Miss Rubin, at some point between 1953 and 54, um, became the a citizen of the United States. So, I don't, which kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like. Hmm. So, how long did it take him? How, how was it that I thought you had to be a. Citizen of the United States to join the army. Well, probably during this time, like with, they probably just needed bodies, and he probably. was ready, willing, and you know didn't care and wanted to serve. So probably, and he had so much hatred in his, you know. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because I mean, just think about it. He could he could take essentially all that hatred that he had for the Nazis and just go. These guys don't look like them, but I'm going to treat them like they were the Nazis. I'm going to crack fucking skulls. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do whatever it takes to take get all this anger, aggression out for anybody that's opposing me. And I already told the Americans I was going to do whatever it yeah. takes to be a part of them, help them, and make them proud. Well, this is what needs to be done. I don't like my superior officer. I don't fucking care. I'm doing what needs to be yep. done. I came here to kick ass and eat General So's chicken, and I'm out of General So's chicken. Yeah, I did mean- not expect <laughs> you to go there. Well played. Mm. Food reference. Oh. And it's not bubblegum because he was fighting the Chinese, Epic so I had to make fail. something up. You know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the reason for him, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I would say saving so many people, which is because. He saw what it was like being in a concentration camp for yeah. two years. He has know? the most knowledge. His family legitimately has the most knowledge of what it's like to mm-hmm. legitimately have everything, everything taken away from you, including your own family. They're not even anywhere near you. Yeah, they, he he was in realistically the worst situation in human history. Yeah. And he survived it and was like, fuck it. You know, yeah, I mean, like you said, I made you know, it the out. only one that, you know, the family could have been was sent to Poland to, Yeah, you know, somehow Dachau. they skipped fucking Dachau. I mean, they hit every other one, you know. Yeah. Who knows? They may have hit there in a transition and, you know, just never knew. <laughs> um, But according to some of the information I found, he should have been recommended for the a Medal of Honor. And I noticed I said recommended because you do not get awarded the Medal of Honor. It is a recommendation. That's only just because, you know, military. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you don't win the Medal of Honor. No, you, you don't it. win it. You rec- are recommended for it. And it, I guess you are awarded it. Yes. Um, But according to some of uh, this was not to be done because of his first sergeant at the time. And his sergeant did not recommend him because he was he an was asshole. Anti-Semite, like I said. And, but... Then through a lot of people pushing, um, because of their them hearing his story, he was presented with the Medal of Honor on September twenty third of two thousand five by uh, President George W. Bush. So at least he got some sort of recognition for his hard work yep. and yep. But it helping everybody. It wouldn't have happened unless 
This is this is kind of a side note to this all, and it was kind of a cool thing. I uh, found this. It's called side quest, bro. So it's a side quest, but it pertains to this. No, I know what you mean. It's a main story um, side quest. It was. It wouldn't have happened because it, unless it was uh, for a um, a veterans act that was passed in two thousand one mm. because of so much anti semitism that was happening. The act was named the Leonard. Kravitz Jewish War Veterans Act. Wait a minute. Yes. The Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz Award? Yes. Dude, I want to fly away. In the recognition and memory of fighters American uh, woman? Kravitz. Kravitz was the uncle and namesake of rock uh, rock musician Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. His mom was also the maid on the Jeffersons. So Mr. Kravitz was killed um, while manning his lone machine gun against uh, Chinese troops attacking during the uh, uh, Korean War. Um, it, it, he was basically just like uh, Mr. Rubin. He was manning the machine gun while the rest of his platoon retreated to safety. Yeah, they, they fucked stayed, off and left him survived. back there because he was Jewish and they didn't mm-hmm. like him. Um, well, to be fair, this guy also survived insurmountable odds and also kept being like, all right, I'll make it happen. So if you're, you know, it's a whole thing of what happens when you're given lemons. You squish them. Mix them with vodka. Yeah. And, no, like, in all seriousness, though, like, I was trying to make a joke there. It yeah. went nowhere. But in all seriousness, though, it's instead of being pissed and whining about the situation he's been put in, yep. he's using it as fuel to, all right, if my sacrifice means anything, it means that the men that I swore to serve with and I am willing to give my life that they will survive. Yep. Because since day one of... The U.S. military getting him and his family, or just him? Who? Out of the concentration. Uh, yeah, mo- most of his family. Just yeah. him. So, okay. I mean, probably his, well, his probably his other brother as well, because his older brother was already fighting. All right. So, we'll just say him for argument's sake. He probably, most times, yeah, it sucked, and, you know, his superior officer was an anti-Semite, but he probably took it as more motivation because... I don't need anything. I don't care. I've survived this much. I've been through so much. I've told these men. I've told everyone that I'm willing to sacrifice everything to make them proud and to do what needs to be done. All right, screw it. I'm I'm going to make the best out of this situation, and I will keep earning their respect. I will live or die. I will never bow down. I will yep. never take a knee. I will take everything as it comes. I'll, I'll lay my life down it. for these guys, even though they don't like me. Well, yeah. one guy. <laughs> I, you know, mainly. I mean, he was he was used to it though. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's what I'm saying. Is that? I mean, his most of his life, he had people that didn't like him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know what that feeling. And like. then most of his Aww. life after, you know, the fact because still during that time, anti-Semitism just kept going yeah. through. I mean, it didn't really die down for a long time, which which kind of just really freaking sucks. You know, I mean, it, it's just terrible that how. It, how people tend to treat each other. Yeah, you know, because you believe exactly. in a different invisible person in this guy. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, what, you know, he was a, kind of a badass guy that started whoa, 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 off. Whoa, from, whoa, 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 kind of? Okay, your he tongue, was motherfucker. A I'm like, this is your guy. You should be hyping him up. <laughs> he like, was I'm badass. hyping up the pacifist, you know, reluctant killer type. I mean, he, he, he was is, kind of We have a one-eyed Canadian. He's on paper the most badass man that we've covered. Yeah. I mean, he... He, he trumps my guy. Uh, he he and, passed away. 
He passed away December 5th of 2015 at the age of 86. So he still lived a long, long life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Went through some shit and lived through all of it. It's like surviving what he survived in the first place is something else. And then you're like eight, 86 years old. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, probably people are like, oh, oh I've got it so hard. He's like, kind of like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. You ain't got nothing. How about, you know, being 13 years old and being shoved into a concentration camp and have all your family just about get killed? Yeah. You know, this it's got to be. And then come to a country where, you know, at the time you're not necessarily completely welcome, but you're just like, I'm still going to fight for it, uh-huh. you know? But you're coming because of a circumstance of, I said I was going to do this. And- right. Sticking to your guns. By jo- by Joe, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I I said I was gonna do it. I'm a man of my word. Fuck you all. I'm doing it. Yep. And then go sit in a Chinese prison camp for two years. Yeah. And not die. And not die. <laughs> miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> the guy was too miserable to die. <laughs> or too miserable just to leave. Listen, we let you go. No. <laughs> no. 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 You said I could leave. I didn't agree. <laughs> I'm staying here. I, I will have to say that uh, I think we had some. Uh, we chose. We chose wisely. I think so. I think. Some... And the thing is, we can do another one of the another episode like us, just picking some bad dudes again because there's plenty of them. We chose some pretty badass guys. That I'm gonna I pick mean... somebody that has a shorter story because <laughs> this guy had like for me. York had so much going on, especially after his military serve, like after his service at military. I could do a whole another talk discussion on just that. Yeah, like trying to fight for education. Well, here's yeah. From what you're telling me, like, like his work was not even close to done when he got back because he's he, just like, no, I'm go, I'm gonna actually go do something good. Yeah, and it's one of those things like you guys pick these awesome like super killer types. My guy didn't want any part of it. Doesn't want anyone to remember him for that. They want him to. He wants people to remember him for bringing education, bringing forth peace, bringing forth community, a sense of community. In these backwoods rural areas of Tennessee. And, you know, I just thought about it like this. There's going to be two different ways people are going to remember him. Mm -hmm. The ones that he would be kind of like looking down going, I'm glad these people remember me, are the people that he helped afterwards. Like for me, I I originally picked him because I found a little snippet on him of killed 25 Germans and captured 132. And I was like... Hell yeah, man! This guy is a man's man. He's a he is the alpha dog of World War One for as the Americans. And the more I read into him, was like, wait, he's just a good dude. <laughs> I respect and am happy that I looked up this guy, and I know more about him due to the fact of what he did outside of the military, and that even though he lost, you know, friends and he lost people he served with. He still gave credit where credit was due. Right. He didn't take any for himself. And if anything, that was the thing that got him into a little bit of a issue was that he was so humble about everything. Like, you saved us from these gunners. No, I didn't. Like, I I may have just taken him out, but we worked together to do this. They're like, no, you did most work. No, I didn't. He's the type of guy that you give him the Medal of Honor. Be like, no, nah, it's cool. Give it to that guy. Yep. And here's, is he, I just, you know, just... Sitting here thinking about it as you guys are talking, I kind of like wow. Okay, 
kind of out of the blue, we picked three guys. Yep. Okay. That all fought in different wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but, two of them fought in the same war. <laughs> true. But, but, you know. um, They... Match our personalities? <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's the fact of they had... They came at their war, respective war, from a different... All, from three different, different perspectives. Three, yeah, perspective yeah. of... One was, yeah, fuck this, I'm not doing it, but okay, I get got inspiration from uh, a sergeant or whatever it was. It was his uh, company chaplain that pretty oh, much chaplain. told him, that talked to him about it. It's like, yeah, cause they're the, war sucks, yeah. but you know, look at me, I'm a chaplain, I'm a man of God, I'm a man of faith. I'm still here having to fight because I feel this is what we need to do to protect our loved ones back home. Crazy fools, yeah, the Irish. And, yeah, then you got, you know. It wasn't Irish. No, it was a Band of Brothers reference. Oh, God. And well, then, the, then we got the. The, 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 the Manitoba like, murder machine. The Manitoba <laughs> murder machine that's, you know, just Can just we have that off. as a pro wrestling name? Oh, my God. That or was, at least a sweet metal band. His 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 backstory is basically like, well, my dad said I wasn't going to amount to shit, so I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was he was just going in to prove everybody else wrong. Yeah. And to prove yeah. that, you know, whatever. I have I have nothing else to do here. Fuck it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna go. You know, serve my country. That's it. You know, whatever. Because nobody else wants me. But yeah. my guy had the same thing, and then his best friend dies, and then it's all of a sudden like, all right, pacifism. Yeah. I don't want to end up the same way. Well, then you got another guy whose fucking friend's di- friend gets killed, and he's like, "Fuck you all! You're yeah. all dead." I'm taking yeah. out a full town. Yeah, his and, his fr- his friend died in front of him, and he turned into fucking William Wallace. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then you got my guy who's like, "Okay, well, <clears throat> I've my, seen more shit than anybody else yeah. has. My life's been fucking bad from the get go. I'm gonna go make it better. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go fight for the people that liberated my ass." And I'm pissed because I couldn't get in. Well, then I got in. Then I have a asshole for a commander, for a sergeant, and then, well, well, well I'm gonna protect my guys because guess what? I don't want them to die. Yeah, because I almost... of being in that camp, you know, being in a, a mentality of the enemy surrounding me. I don't want them to die because I had so many other people die. But you know, I almost wonder. I if, wonder if, if him was... being in that Chinese camp, if he was just like. Now, this is old hat. I've done this before, and I know what it's... I, he probably, knows he the had, mentality. Yeah, he probably had an easier go of it in the Chinese camp because he's like, oh, I've done this before. But I don't... I can... I know my way around doing stuff. But I don't think it... I, I, maybe, but I also have this thing of... I bet he... He didn't, though. I bet he almost was like, fuck, it's it's happening again. But you also... You have to remember, though. But he, he was like, okay, I'm older now. I know what the fuck I'm going to do. He was in there something. during, like, his formative years, like, 13 to 15. That's when you're learning how to be a person, essentially. Like, be an adult, and you're learning yeah. how to do all this other stuff. So, at that point in time, yes, it sucks ass. Probably still sucked when he was in the Chinese camp, but it didn't suck as bad because he had an idea of how it was going to go. I mean, he and was, I'm guessing yeah. the Chinese camp was probably not as bad as being in a fucking concentration camp. I also mm. have the one like I was just thinking this a little few seconds ago, but what if his superior officer actually was one of those loved him, thought he was the greatest guy ever? Would he still have the same drive and motivation to protect his team, to protect his unit? I if, think so. I think so. Like in some ways, it's like I kind of feel that he's been put against the wall, had his back against the wall in his entire life. That him having his superior officer not like him 
He didn't even give a shit. Yeah, it was one of those things, again, it's like I've been through so much that, all right, you don't like me, fine, I'm still going to do my job. Yeah, I've, I've had more important people than you not like me before. Yeah, because, so. I mean, you know, he was like, just, just like, no, 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 you guys go, go, go. I'll cover the retreat. You're not going fast enough. Get the fuck going. I'm going to stay on this gun. I'm going to shoot the fuck out of him, you know, and, and I mean, then, but then you got, you know. Man of circumstance that is kind of like, okay, well, I'm being forced in the situation. I'm going to protect as many people as I can, you know, because, well, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to show my support for everyone. And then you just got fucking murder machine over here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my friend. I'm going to kill all you motherfuckers. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I had so much fun covering this guy because I'm just like, I was like, Man, this guy's doing some crazy stuff. And then you read the next paragraph and you're like, oh my God, it gets crazier. Then you keep going. You're just like, how did they not make a freaking movie about this guy? Then you're like, oh, wait, when he returned to Canada, they made a bunch of World War II movies about him that he starred in playing himself. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Mine enough. Mine stressed me out. Really? I was stressed out the entire time doing this because I didn't feel like I was going to do it justice because there was so much. And I wanted to delve deeper and. Like I said, and I keep saying it, there's so much going on with this guy. Like, you get to a certain point, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. And then you have a few blurbs here and there before his military, a few blurbs when he's in the military, and then 10 pages of him outside the military. And it's like, all right, we're supposed to be talking about badasses, but this guy has too many levels, too many layers. But you know what? And I loved it. Like, I want to give him his own episode so I can literally go into more in-depth on him. And you know, the thing is, though, he was a different kind of badass. Yeah, he actually is the he one that, that I... He was that kind of guy where he probably would have given you the shirt right off his back. He would have done anything to help any random person walking down the street. Oh, he... he uh, yeah, that's, that's who he that's was a as a human being. completely different level. And know? it's one of those things I'm happy that I picked him for that reason. Right. I mean, you think Leo Major, you know, the crazy fucking Canadian murder machine would have, you know, would have been like, and now that I'm done, I'm going to build a bunch of schools for unfortunate kids. No, no, he's probably like, oh, I'm bored that I can't kill Germans anymore. So I'm going to sit here and cut trees, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to punch a tree down. <laughs> I'm going to go hunt bears with my bare hands. Yeah, but I mean... The, I that guess I made common, out of bare hands. I, I would say the common... Right to bear arms? <laughs> the common he's got thing two of, right bare arms. The common <laughs> thing of everybody... He's got a, got a of, bear leg, liver-eating Johnson style. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep bringing. You're making up what... bear puns. I know, I know. This is barely even yeah. capable. What? I don't know. <laughs> capable? Capable of what? Making these puns. Oh, okay. I'm I'm just trying to find like a common denominator between uh, all of them, and I, you know, push come to shove, I think it was had to do what had to be done. Yep. Yeah, had to do what had to be done, but also, I mean. Lee kind of he did have a a soft spot. It was like, okay, well, you fuck with me, you fuck with my people. I'm gonna fuck with you back, and that was kind of how all three of these guys were. Yeah, but like you said, it's it was the mentality of the time. Yeah, they were. There's a reason they referred to these guys as the greatest generation. <laughs> you know, they were they were a completely different breed of human. Oh yeah. And well, like, he was pre-crit. And you know what? You, His guy was pre-greatest generation. But you still you think these guys so. are crazy? Look at some of the Russians from back then. 
holy sweet baby mm. Jesus. The, I mean, the Russians are still crazy. But back then, they were like, hey, uh, we're going to send two of you guys out there with a rifle. We, we only have one rifle. Yeah, that's so that when one of you dies, the other one can use it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. What was it? 67,000 men died in Stalingrad? Most of them were, were, German, were Russians? No big deal, right? Sixty, yeah, whatever. Well, a lot more of them were. Dropping a bucket. A lot more of them were uh, Germans than that. Yeah, but the Germans fucking froze to death. The Russians are out there, like, they're at the goddamn beach, like, no shirts on and shorts, like, fucking. Hello, comrade. Surfing on roofs and shit. You want vodka? <laughs> you boys look cold. <laughs> I sometimes think I may have Russian blood. You probably do, you fucking maniac. <laughs> because, I, like, I look at what goes into, like, the northern Scandinavian and the Russians, and I'm like, no, you know what it is? Fuck, man. I have a lot of similarities you there. Know, you know what it is? No. You're not Scandinavian or Russian. You're the craziest people of all time. You're Finnish. No, like, <laughs> I'm actually serious. Like, I've looked into... It's the mix. <laughs> well, no, I look into their personalities, like, like uh, how they handle situations, what they do, like, their overall personality, whatever I just said. And it's like, yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, okay, yep, 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 <laughs> shit. Flips, well, I don't need to buy a page. 23 and me, because I re- <laughs> apparently I have a weird affinity for just all of a sudden attacking things that I'm not happy with. I get very silent. I love vodka. I absolutely love the cold. I have no problem charging something if I'm not sure what it is, but fuck it, I'll go head first and see what happens. A few other things that I don't want to talk about, but it's like, huh. It's just called being Scandinavian. It's okay. No, man, there's certain things that are part of the Russian personality. That I'm like, God, I, dude, if I'm Russian, that's sweet. And plus, I love speaking in the Russian accent and yeah. drinking vodka. And you've got like six tracksuits and like the gold chains to match them. No gold chains. Shit. I'm not a gold person. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about Russians and tracksuits. I don't, I don't know, but they fucking love them, dude. I would wear them, but I'm not a fan of wind pants. The noise. Yeah, they're Zubaz, though. I'm buying me a pair of them. You know, you know what I've always wanted, but I can't stand the sound of them? It's corduroy pants. Corduroy pants. Pair when I was a kid. But they just, the sound just like, yeah. I don't know what it is. They, they look comfy, but the sound's just fucking crazy. Hey, got a thing. Anyway. You know what we should do? We should probably go. We should probably go, but first, before we go, I have to give a shout out to a special friend of the show that, you know, reached out when uh, talked to me about my episode. Ooh. Our good old friend. Miss Wren. I hope I said your name right. Yeah, I've been but talking to her on Facebook. She's she is a sweetheart, cool. yeah. and she is an epic nerd, and she's a fantastic person. And Just her, throwing it out there. Her Facebook oh, yeah. picture, I'm pretty sure she's wearing a Doctor Who sweatshirt. Dude, she does the whole uh, convention thing and yeah. like the cosplay stuff, man. Had a so, couple yeah. of uh, people that told you, told you that your show was uh, your episode was pretty good. Woo! Makes me oh, feel no. just like I do oh, something I, good. I, I was not one of them. <laughs> yeah, neither was my wife. She no, heard dude, it. She's like, you was, say, uh, you pause a lot, and you say, um, and you need to stop. <laughs> I just, like, quit listening to her. I'm like, all right, you know, you're mean. Why don't you get on here and do it? Dude, she would, and she'd kick all our asses. Probably would. Probably. But, yeah, so I want to give a shout-out to... And she'd get away with it, because she's in Human Resources. She knows how to... Who's going to who's gonna report to Human Resources, lady? Who are they going to report her to? Which is funny, because I actually oh. take her hand and put it on my tush, and I'm like, ha-ha, I'm going to report you. That's she, harassment. That's... <laughs> harassment so yeah i want to give her a shout out because Wait she's a awesome a new part of the family what if you don't have pants on then she touches you like that's harassment yeah or is it just me 
Just you. Okay, I got to yeah. You're the one that's wearing a full like fur uniform. Dude, I got hair from the top of my head to the top of my feet. <laughs> I'm like little... wearing a fucking blanket. <laughs> you weird little <laughs> hobbit. My older brother is too. He's weird like that. Benny's awesome. No, my older brother. Jamie? Yeah. So yeah, everybody that that joined the Facebook group and has been listening. You all beautiful people. We love you people. And We've never met you, but you know, hey, doesn't matter, man. They're still beautiful people. Yeah, and, you guys are kick ass. And slamming Sammy, Poovy, CJ, Nick, all them beautiful peoples. Guess what? Where can they reach us? They can get a hold of us on Facebook. Yes, at Facebook. <laughs> really, the and Facebook app, Facebook, Facebook. Okay, I got this. And you punch in Dark Windows Podcast. Woo! On Facebook, and then what they do. They have, if you're on your phone, you just hit it. If you're on a computer, you have to use your mouse to go over and click on it. Okay, because I don't know. I don't have the book of faces, okay, so I don't so, know any of this crap. Um, but okay. Dark oh, Windows Podcast. Also, also super quick, um, there is a threat. There was a thread going on the Ohio Butt Chuggers Anonymous group where people were like, "Hey, post a selfie and see what what you know what we think about you." And our buddy Ray Lafon commented on my picture while I'm recording. Just says double smash, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, Ray! Thank you." I'm glad someone thinks that I'm cute. You posted a picture of me, didn't you? No, it was me. Ah, damn. Um, but Facebook, uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram uh, at uh, Dark, Windows Pod. Dark Windows Pod for Woo-hoo! both. You can email us at darkwindowspod at gmail.com. You should definitely go to studio.com, buy some headphones, because if not, they're going to send their headphone Vikings here to kill us because we have not sold any except for the pair that I'm wearing. They're going to kill you guys because I yeah. still haven't bought any because no. they're like, ha ha. They they're going to come after me they first. They won't be able to find you. Just take your shirt off and lean against the wall. Just, <laughs> You know, I was going to keep the 40K references out of this, but I'm going to bash you in the face with that's not a, a 40K. power hammer. Okay, I was going to say, that's not a 40K reference. you got to wait till it's going to happen, Cap'n. Um, douche. Hey, and uh, if you want to check out... Uh... And if you need to hold your hobbies. God. <laughs> Damn, you guys are yeah. crazy. If, if you want to hold your hobbies and if you want to also check out uh, Seth here, he, he's going to tell you where you can find him on Instagram because that's the only place he is. He's at 683. Keep going, man. I'll fucking smash that computer so fast. 99225. I have a power fist. Southwest. That right there is hold a 40K on. reference, son. It's, a, it's also a, uh, a Fallout reference because right. that's a power fist. Um, oh, actually, you if, you, uh, if you look up... Uh, Area code eight six seven, and then he's at uh, five three zero nine. You can get a hold of Seth. Just don't call him Jenny; he gets pissy. Actually, the person that originally had that number uh, got pissed off so many times they actually canceled, so that no one can actually get that phone number. Yeah, now. I know that's still awesome though. Yeah. Anyway, how do we hold a hobby? With your hands, douche. Where can we get the hobby of the so, hand holder? Thing? What they're trying to reference and talk about, like I said in the the header part of this show, if you're into painting miniatures like myself. And you, or you know, somebody that is into painting miniatures themselves. If you're into painting miniatures like myself, or you know anyone else that's into painting miniatures, like well, you, like me, actually, yeah, yeah, I know a guy. You know a guy? Well, you used to. We gotta get I, you back I, on that bandwagon. Yeah, dude, I fucking fell off the wagon hard with that one. So, if you're into the painting miniatures like I am, or you have anybody else that's into painting miniatures, and you want to buy them or hook them up with a sweet little tool head over to gamemv.net and you can check out their sweet hobby holder or some of their other cool little hobby tools and once you find something you like in the color that you like you can put in the promo code a broadstone that's me folks 
at checkout and save yourself two dollars off. And the boys are not paying attention. Yes, I am. I am. So I, was actually, means... I was actually waiting to at, waiting for you to get done because I was going to ask you when the when the Broadstone special comes out because I want to order one. What I was going to say was they weren't paying attention, folks. That means I don't have to spell it. Oh no! But because I didn't spell in the beginning of the show, and it's a fun little classic thing we do, I'm going to spell it for you, folks. Are you ready? Yay! Seriously, are you ready? R. You, you ready? Let's get ready to <laughs> No, rumble. you shut up. You already fucked it up, you idiot. We're, we're going to adjust the mic so that Ooh, way we get... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. If you're into painting the miniatures and you want a sweet hobby holder, to head over to Game Heavy Creations. Their site is GameMV.net. And put in the promo code BROADSTONE at checkout. That's B-R-O-A-D-S-T-O-N. And if you wait down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. Sorry. At checkout. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, put a, you put in that sweet promo code at checkout. You will save yourself $2 off each hobby holder. Now, you're thinking, wow, I buy two of them and I only get $2 off. Wrong. That means if. Mr. Kevin H. and Mr. Kevin C. both want a hobby holder and it's on the same order. You get $2 off each hobby holder. And there's also other cool little tools there. But you got to check those out for yourself, folks, because guess why? I can't do everything for you. Use that Google box and go to there. And you can go on the Facebook machine. They're on there, too. Yeah. And also on the Instagram. Um, they're also they're on all social medias. They're beautiful people. Um, they let me have a lot of fun with their little plugs. So... Please check them out. Tell them I sent you. Hopefully they don't get mad at us for DX in this one. Nah, man. They're amazing. Should be I good. love them. <laughs> so, and like I said, if you head over there, you can see a lot of cool things. If you're looking for me specifically and you want to see me actually with pictures of using the hobby holder, you can go to a Baradstone. That's me, folks. I keep telling you, you got to hear these things. Underscore creations where you can find me there. You can message me i'm like a 13 year old little girl on that thing always answering messages so and you can go there and see that i'm actually using the product like these gents always using their sweet sweet studio audio headphones with that being said give us a sign out bruh so i can go home gotta get that hashtag spread the sauce in just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you kisses people we love you goodbye later Make sure to email us. Love. Yeah. Radio. Goodbye. Kisses.